This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. We live in a day and age where we're just terrible at managing emotions. We've gotten to a point where we see most emotions as being a problem that needs to be solved, a symptom of not handling life properly, something. Just don't see people handling them very well. So I wanted to talk about it, and I wanted to talk about particularly the concept for those of you involved in self-development of where you beat yourself up for having something you think of as an irrational emotional reaction. So you have an emotional reaction to something and you believe that that reaction doesn't make sense, that for some reason it should not be happening, that it's an inappropriate uh, reaction emotionally, and you beat yourself up for having this, you think I should be better than this. You might even, might be more subtle, like you notice yourself procrastinating on things that you know you can handle and you need to do them, yet you still don't, and there's some sort of emotional uh, sensation that seems to be at the heart of that procrastination, maybe you lack motivation, you're depressed, apathetic, anxious, whatever it is. And then you beat yourself up for it, which compounds the suffering and doesn't help. I want to share something with you guys today, a story that I think is a great analogy for this situation. I'm currently in the UK and I'm staying at somebody else's house and while I stay here, I'm helping to take care of their dog. It's a rescue dog, her name's Nikki, she's about seven years old. Uh, she's missing one ear. She's very, very needy, clingy kind of a dog, untrained basically. You know, the kind of dog where you take her for a walk, she goes crazy if she sees other dogs. She, says, she doesn't really obey many instructions. She's obviously had sort of a rough time before these uh, people rescued her. So emotionally, she's quite a traumatized dog. Sometimes you got to take her outside to take a shit, right? All dogs need to go outside to take a shit. And, and with this particular dog, it's a nightmare. And particularly this time of year... It's Halloween here in the UK, and they tend to celebrate with fireworks. And anybody who's ever owned a pet knows how they respond to fireworks. So this already emotionally traumatized, fucked up dog uh, completely loses her shit when fireworks goes off, and she refuses to go outside. Like, she really is recalcitrant and difficult to move. So she needs to go outside to take a dump... But she's petrified, she's traumatized, she's emotional, she does not want to go outside. Now what's interesting is because she's a dog, I don't have any ill will towards her about this. I understand that she's terrified of fireworks and that's and she's traumatized from her past and that's why she doesn't want to go outside. And yet I'm not scared of fireworks whatsoever. So I can understand that she is and sympathize with her without believing that fireworks are threatening. I want you to hold on to that concept as we continue today. So, rationally, I know that fireworks do not present any sort of threat, and at the same time, I have absolutely no bad feeling towards this dog wanting to stay inside, because she does feel that fireworks are a threat. If I try to force her to go outside, she resists. She digs her feet in. She refuses, you have to like drag her, it feels really bad to do it, you know, got the harness on. 
All I can really do if I really want her to come with me is I have to literally pick her up and carry her with me. Uh, she's shaking and shivering and having a big emotional reaction, and I just comfort her and talk soothingly and pat her on the head and slowly, patiently take her to where she can take a dump and get the business sorted. I believe that this experience I've had with the dog quite accurately represents a dynamic between rational and emotional. Now this is a framework I like to use for myself and for my clients that I find particularly helpful to figure out why it is we beat ourselves up over having emotional reactions that don't seem to make sense or uh, seem childish or inappropriate in some other way. I want you to imagine that you have two brains, not one. One brain is rational and the other is emotional. And this beating yourself up process is where the rational brain beats up on the emotional brain for not being up to speed with the latest information. So let's say you have a fear of flying. You've done your research, you know that statistically planes are one of the safest forms of transport. You just know that flying is safe, statistically, factually, evidence-based, and yet you feel anxiety as you start to walk down the runway towards the plane, and then you're mad at yourself for being anxious because you know you shouldn't be scared of this thing because it's safer than being in a car. This is the rational brain beating up on the emotional brain for being outdated. I want you to notice how you can believe something rationally without believing it emotionally. We experience this a lot, don't we? We know factually that something is not threatening, and yet we behave with fear. We know factually that something should not upset us, and yet it does. We know we should feel excited about something, and yet we don't. There's all these things where we know what we should be feeling, and yet our emotions don't buy it. They don't buy into the story about how we should feel, and they feel something else. Rational beliefs, they're formed through reason, argument, critical thinking. Rational beliefs are based on facts and figures and evidence and statistical likelihoods and so forth. So I can factually believe a plane is safe. But emotions, emotional beliefs, are built on experiential evidence, anecdotal. They're based on what you have gone through and how you felt when you went through it. They can be vicarious, so you might see it on television or see someone else going through it and feel sympathetic emotions, or personal, where you experience them yourself. And see, that's the thing. If I have one trip on an airplane that terrified me, I was bouncing around in turbulence, I didn't know what was going on, I thought I was going to die, and that's my most recent and memorable trip on an airplane. I can read for six hours about how safe airplanes are, but that experience will not be modified whatsoever. Because one part of my brain is reading all those facts and figures, while another part of my brain, all it knows is that time where I had a terrible flight. So you can rationally uh, adjust beliefs based on evidence, but the emotional belief system will remain almost completely unaffected by that reasoning because all it cares about is how it feels during the experience. Now we benefit from both, don't we? Emotional beliefs give us things like hope, faith, connection. 
we can believe in something without it needing to be proven to us. This allows us to connect in love with somebody that you know we can never fully trust and never be safe with because no humans are trustworthy essentially. But if we were to only look at relationships rationally, we'd never ever get into them and the human species would die. So emotional beliefs, that whole system, is very helpful to our survival. Of course, rational beliefs are possibly even more helpful to our survival. They allow us to see what the truth is about the world and to make the best possible judgments based on on evolutionary-type motives. We change according to the path of least resistance and so on. So we need both. We benefit from both. And yet they don't have a lot in common. They function in different ways. They thrive on different information. Hey guys, I'm just going to quickly interrupt this podcast to talk about what I do. This will only take a minute. In case you don't already know, I'm a confidence coach and the co-founder of Brojo, the premier self-development community for people of integrity. If you like what you hear on these podcasts and feel like you're ready to significantly upgrade your confidence, career and relationships, maybe it's time you considered one-to-one coaching. The people who benefit most from my coaching are just like me. They're nice guys and people pleasers who want to be more assertively confident and passionately engaged in life without becoming an asshole. My ideal coaching clients are open to change, willing to take uncomfortable actions, and ready to invest in themselves as a priority. I've helped hundreds of people figure out who they really are and develop high self-worth. If this sounds good to you, flick me an email at dan at brojo.co.nz. We can have a free, no-obligation session where I'll help you break through your biggest confidence barrier, and we'll see if we're the right fit for each other. Yes, there's a significant investment involved, but I do low-pressure payment plans for those who are in a tight spot financially, so don't let money fears get in the way of your growth. Alright, enough about this, let's get back to today's podcast episode. Cheers. Your emotional brain is like Nikki's, the dog's. Your emotional brain, quite literally is a dog's brain, almost. It is the mammalian limbic system inside your head. It is all emotion, all feeling, all the time. You know, think about how you connect with a dog, how you connect with a pet. You don't sit down to have a rational discussion about your morals and values. You don't debate politics. You don't ask them what their favorite music is, do you? You and a dog either like each other or you don't, right away. There's no discussion required. You just feel it. That is a connection, and that is your limbic system, your dog brain, connecting with their dog brain, which is the only brain they've got. They just feel it. Some dogs will just hate you straight away, and you can't change their mind. Other dogs will love you straight away, and no matter how much of a bastard you are to people, the dog thinks you're the shit. You know, when I was working at Corrections, it always amazed me how many absolute, like, well, just terrible people that I worked with. You know, some of the worst, most nasty psychopathic killers and criminals in New Zealand. Their dogs loved them. Just loved them. These guys would actually have loving connections with their dogs. And there would be some of them guys who couldn't lovingly connect with a human being. Dogs connect with people like that. You like them, but you don't know why you like them. You can't rationalize it. You just do. Think about how dogs chase their tail. 
it, it's obviously fun for them to do it, and yet it makes no sense. We are like that, us humans, with our hobbies and our sports. You know, I love going on YouTube and watching somebody who's mastered something that has no point, like Rubik's Cube, you know, or unicycles. We will become absolutely passionately engaged in an activity that provides no value whatsoever other than it feels good emotionally to do it. It has no reason or, or function or point. That's your mammalian brain. That's your thing that just likes the way something feels. That's the playing that we share with dogs. A dog will chase a ball and bring it back. There is absolutely no benefit to the dog's life to do that other than it's fun to do. So you've got these two brains. The dog doesn't have that extra rational brain. It's all emotion. The dog will never need to speak or think clearly. It just feels. You have this extra bit that gets in the way, don't you? You want to connect. You want to just be in the moment. But you've got this other thing in your head that just won't shut the fuck up about facts and figures. And then that thing in the head starts beating you up for being emotional. Rational beliefs are changed with logic, deductive reasoning. You have debates, arguments, you read, you analyze information, you draw conclusions, you map into the future, you digest past and historical information. That's how you change rational beliefs. That's how you manage rational beliefs. Emotional beliefs are managed through support, patience, caring, understanding, empathy, exploration and discussion without a point. That's how you deal with emotions. Now notice that you cannot use one method on another. If someone has a poor but rational belief, caring for them and understanding and empathizing with them won't help them change and improve that rational belief. You know, if somebody believes the world is flat, if I go give them a hug, it's not going to do anything to help them correct that belief, right? Now the same goes the other way. If I'm having an emotional crisis, you are not going to help me with debate, arguing, facts and figures. That won't help me. In fact, it will probably aggravate me. If you tell me you shouldn't feel like this because of reasons X, Y and Z, I'm just going to say, fuck you. Now I feel worse. And you do this to yourself. You apply what's required for rational beliefs to emotional beliefs and you wonder why it doesn't work. You sit there telling yourself, I shouldn't be anxious, I shouldn't be nervous, I'm better than this, and you wonder why it doesn't work? You're using the wrong approach. I can't convince Nikki the dog that going for a walk is good for her. I can't convince her that fireworks are safe. I can't reason with her that shitting inside is a real hassle to me. I can't tell her these things with debate and argument. I don't even have the language to do it. And it wouldn't work anyway because she doesn't have a rational brain. She has an emotional one. What I can do is slowly encourage her to walk with me. What I can do is stroke her fur and use a calming, soothing tone of voice and hold her gently and not force her but gently encourage her down the path that I know is going to be good for her while still understanding that she does not believe it's going to be good for her, and having patience and compassion and understanding around that. You can do this with yourself. I was just talking to a client of mine who's about to take her PhD thesis to get feedback from uh, you know, the higher-ups in the university. And she's a very rational person. 
objective, analytical. She knows that these are just people, that they can't ruin her life, that no matter what feedback they give her, she will survive it and move through, and that this event isn't a big deal, it's just another day in her life. She knows that rationally, and yet, as she prepares for this event, she's almost panicking with emotion, and then she beats herself up for having this so-called irrational response. And yet emotionally, in terms of experience, she hasn't actually gone through this thing before. She simulated it rationally and understands it's not threatening, but emotionally, the last time she was in front of people judging her, it was a terrifying event. And emotionally, she believes that it will be again this time. She does not have to change that belief. She will definitely not be able to argue against it because it will not be moved by deductive reasoning. What she can do is she can carry those emotions with her rather than fighting against them. She can go into that PhD thesis review feeling nervous and anxious and panicky and just talking herself through it like you would with a scared dog going outside after the fireworks. You can just say it's going to be okay, we're getting through it, nothing bad's happening, let's take another step, here we go, we're still all good, pat pat, carry them under your arm. You can do this to yourself. You can treat yourself like you would your favorite pet, your favorite child, anybody that you would be compassionate about when they're emotional. So understand that quite often you have been trained to think you shouldn't be emotional and then you punish yourself for when you are, but the fact is you're only human. And your emotional part of the brain doesn't give a shit about your rational facts and figures. In fact, it can't even understand them. It is literally like a dog. It doesn't have the language. So as you sit there telling yourself you shouldn't feel nervous, all your emotional brain hears is, wop, 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 this is scary. So the next time you notice yourself having an emotional reaction and then trying to rationalize to yourself that you shouldn't, understand you're only making it worse. The best thing you can do is care for yourself compassionately through the process so that you can prove to yourself with experience that the situation is okay. If I can get up and give a public speaking event that I'm nervous about and then feel throughout that event that I'm not being harmed, I'll start to believe in it emotionally. Slowly, over time, and it will take some time because I've got a lot of memories from high school speaking events that really hurt my feelings. If I can get carry those feelings with me slowly over time, the more public speaking I do at Toastmasters or whatever, the more I'll come to emotionally believe that public speaking isn't actually scary. So, I hope that helps. Treat yourself like a dog, basically. Let me know if you've got any questions you'd like me to answer, dan at brojo.co.nz. And of course, if you really want to reconcile your belief system inside your head, and become someone who can be both emotional and rational, then let me know and we can start talking about coaching. I'll see you guys next time.